Boom shakalaka. Welcome to the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee podcast. I'm Dory Peacock. With me, as always, is my partner. There are those who call him Tim. Hello, listeners. You complete me. And <laughs> today our guest is Alexander the Great Valudo. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about cliches. Are they true? Are they not true? Should you use them or shouldn't you? That rhymed. I win. <laughs> so what do you guys what do you guys think? Are, are cliches true or not true? They are not. You shouldn't use them ever because when you do, you're just robbing yourself from thinking your own thought and you're just pirating someone else's. <laughs> I feel like when you experience a cliche, it's fine if you say or use a cliche, unless you do it in a way with enough irony, you are um, bad and you need to be hurt for it. You need to be hurt for what? What's the penalty you'd suggest for using cliches? Um, I don't know. Ten minutes dungeon. Ten, ten minutes dungeon. <laughs> Could you say that like the Earl of Lemon Grab? Mm, will you give me a dollar? Yes. No, it's not enough. Yeah, that might break our mics if you did that. Okay. Probably. Um, so let's talk about cliches for a minute. What are you guys's, uh, in terms of cliche pieces of advice, what are some of your favorites? What is What is one favorite? And it can be your favorite because it's funny or because it's true or whatever. Of just cliches in general, or of of like dating advice, cliches. like like cliche pieces of dating advice. Uh, I don't know. I don't really like them. I guess my most favorite, or one that seems most true. I don't really have a favorite, but most true would probably be, uh, like you. You can only accept the love you think you deserve. Yeah, probably Spotsky. Yeah. Get your Botsky up in here. Yep. <laughs> Can I say that for backstory that we recorded this before? <laughs> and we said a lot of these same things before, but I still haven't looked up who the heck Shabatsky is. <laughs> All you need to know is he's Stephen Shabatsky for those playing the home game don't know. He wrote Perks Being Wallflower, which that quote is from. And that's right. That's okay. all you need to know. I should have remembered that from the last time we had this exact conversation. Oh, yeah, the, the everyone's favorite laugh riot, the perks of being a wallflower. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a toe tapper. Um, Tim, what about you? What's your favorite? I don't know. I feel like. Uh, is this cliche? Say, say it and we'll tell you. I it, There's a thing that you told me once, which is really nice, which is it's not your fault if someone's not attracted to you. I think that should be a cliche because I said it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a cliche, but I really like that idea because I tend to feel really self-conscious. And if someone else doesn't like me, I tend to beat myself up for it. And, I, and that really helps me out. I tend to like that one. So I motion for a cliche. Yeah. Accepted. You don't want to cliche if I your wise words. Shut up. Just have that be your own thought. Shut up. I want to monetize it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll market it. We'll sell t-shirts. We'll do a pickle variety. We'll original. Do. Classic. Lime flavored. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What was my most favorite? My most favorite is, is uh, put each other first, which is kind of something that my dad used to always say to us. Like if you're in a relationship and you're both putting each other's happiness first, then you'll both be happy. And I think that's, that's true. That's good. 
because my parents are the happiest humans. How about your least favorite? What's your least favorite cliche? Uh, I forget which one I said last time. Can you read me some? And I can say why I hate certain ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to, that's kind of a segment later in the show. You, oh, oh, you hated the one. That was what it was. I'll cut out. Oh, yeah. I'll cut out me prompting you, but yeah. No, you can leave it in. <laughs> Just having a freewheeling discussion here. I hated the one. That's right. It sounds like the Matrix. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> and it was, you guys have to pretend like it was funny the second time that I said it. It was funny the second still, time I said it. I forgot you said that, so it still is funny, because it's still like, you have to find somebody who knows Kung Fu. Right. Like, well, it's, isn't controlled by the computers like the rest of us. It's a cardboard uh-huh. cutout, you know, like you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, your ideal candidate is Keanu Reeves. I just think that's so silly. Don't you think, like, you could be potentially compatible with lots of people, what if, not just one person? What if the person? one has left the Matrix and you're stuck with one of the other ones? Yeah, what if you're still in the Matrix and he's out? It, what if there's more than one the one? Because that's one thing in the Matrix they talk about. It's like, oh, yeah, there's been more than one. They leave every 600 years. Oh. Weird. Huh. So maybe the Matrix does hold up in dating. Like, there can be more than one of the one. Yeah, you just need the fountain of youth. Exactly, yeah. Well, the one, I I, I agree with you. I hate the one because it seems so, like, it puts so much pressure on the dating experience and so much pressure on the people you're dating and on you to, like, be so selective. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it you have to be, like, this perfect match person for the other person, and it just... It sets, like, unrealistic expectations for the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's my least favorite, is that you have to be the one to find the one. Because I clearly want to be with someone way better than me. <laughs> I want uh-huh. I want to be with a totally undeserved hunk, is what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, but both people are going to be, like, imperfect. And even if, like, a breakup happens, that doesn't, like, and you thought they were the one person. Like, I don't know, it just... You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself when you buy into this idea that there's only, like, one perfect person that fate's going to guide you to. Yeah. And, like, there's no way someone can meet just even the ideal of that person in your head. Nope. There are, everyone's flawed, and it's never going to happen. I have a homeopathic solution, which is backup clones. Backup clones? Of your favorite lovers. Oh, You can man. even crossbreed. But Get you- some eugenics going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mad science, um, your life. Okay, social social Darwinist over there. What's your favorite? What's your least favorite cliche? <laughs> uh, of advice. Of of advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Um, I was watching a stupid cartoon show that I that I kind of want to cite, and it's uh, it was it was this wonderfully crappy Canadian cartoon show about a kid who gets framed for a prank, and he spends the entire year as like a spy out of detention trying to find evidence and clues to clear his name there's this part where he almost reveals to this girl that he likes that he likes her and his clueless swedish friends are like why don't you just tell her and he's like don't you know that, that knowing someone likes you is the worst thing that can happen in high school <laughs> and then like he's with his friend later this other bully who hangs out in detention room by himself and he's surprisingly well adjusted because he says this to the bullying boy is like are you really serious so, like, I think that's stupid, this idea that, like, you can't, you must bottle your attraction. Yeah. If you have it deep within. If 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 you want something, do something, which is 
really simple, but I, I don't like the cliche, and this is kind of a high school specific cliche that you should not tell anyone that you should be cool. Yeah. No, be bold. Be adorably, uh, fail adorably, and you will yeah. find true love. I had a I choir teacher that would say, if you make a mistake, make a loud mistake. Thanks, Mr. Boncher. <laughs> so that's the fear. Like, if you put yourself out there, then you'll just... I think but that that you won't be cool anymore because being honest isn't cool. Oh, remember this is like a teenager brain show. Yeah. Like this is this is a this is not <laughs> even in the post Dario world. This was not that uh, lucid about the stereotypes it was using. <laughs> I think that's true though. Like you, you kind of don't want to put yourself out there because like sometimes you're friends with the person and you're worried that you'll ruin the friendship, which does happen. But if I, I think if we didn't believe in like segmenting our relationships so much, like this is my friend, this is my girlfriend, it wouldn't be weird anymore if you said, "Hey, do you wanna, do you wanna like take this to a romantic level?" And they could just say no, and then you just go immediately, and then you'll get over it, and yeah. then you'll be fine. Because that's the thing is, you can get over pretty much. Any, well, that's not true always. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Well, yeah, but you know, I, I have anecdotal evidence. Like I've had this exact thing happen where I had a friend that was like, "Hey, I think we'd be good together," and I was like, "You know, I don't think so," but. I like you and I think we should still be friends and we're still friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, it can happen. So let's talk about now. Um, I, I put a thing on my Facebook about cliches and a lot of the responses were about cliche type situations. So things that pop up a lot in dating because they're supposed to be romantic. And I want to know what are you guys' most favorite cliche dating situations to be in? Love poetry. Love poetry. <laughs> I was in British literature class one year and my study group, we watched a movie for our break that because we thought, well, we found a movie about a British poet and it's John Keats. And for those playing the home game again, John Keats was a poet in the Victorian England about relatively, I'm probably getting that wrong. So it's this movie about John Keats, who's like the most beautiful, perfect man ever. Like he, he will visit his sick brother in the hospital and he'll play with your younger brother and sister and he dances He's pleasantly and he supports your looking. career and he dresses nice. Like they go through such great lengths to make him like the most perfect man. And then he gets consumption. He's slowly withering away. <laughs> And it's, it's so tragic and I, oh, I love it. But like part of the reason this movie is so great is the schmaltz of the love poetry, which is admittedly like the best poetry because John Keats is just a pretty poet. But uh, I really liked the schmaltz of that. So if, if someone else is reading not their poetry to me, but classic love poetry to me, that's good. Um, yes, we can make it work. <laughs> How about you, Alex? What's your most favorite? Um, one that I kind of wish were actually true which isn't I found is that like they're called, I know uh, Italian, Spanish and some Portuguese and those are called romance languages. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're not, that has never helped me ever. <laughs> like girls really aren't into etymology of words that much. Like, so this would be your favorite if it were. Yeah. Subterranean means under the earth. Like they don't care. About that at all? So that's there's 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 a girl that cares out there. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like an overarching cliche of, and I think it it's perceived to be that way. Like if you know, like Ita- I think I think Italian is only sexy if you are Italian. He is. His last name is Veluto. Because Italians are sexy. Yeah. 
I guess I'm but you only... have to be like the right kind of Italian. Like you have to be <laughs> like wrong kind a of soccer Italian. player with the with the Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Or it be, doesn't count. You have to be like an off the boat Italian. Yeah. <laughs> and one that you see all the time is like the Italian person that's making metaphors like your eyes are like the ocean. <laughs> and that doesn't work either. Like just the body part plus a force of nature <laughs> or physical attribute of the earth formula like your lips are like the canyon it doesn't like it doesn't always work no no that doesn't you know it's really funny i once had to sing a spanish love song for a choir and the 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 build up the chorus at the end was cuatro por cinco son veinte tres por siete son veinte uno can you translate that alex that's a lot of numbers it's wait do it again Cuatro por cinco son veinte, tres por siete son veinte uno. That's just times tables. Yeah. It is. It's five four times, times five four is twenty. Three times seven is twenty-one. Yeah. Is that part of the song? Yeah, it's like the it's a sexy so, song about like yes. birds that won't mate together anymore, and then the end of it is four times five is twenty. Three times Those seven are is some twenty-one. Sexy times tables. Yes, I know all the maths. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Hispanic friends. Is math a force of nature you can compare someone's features to? Be like your yeah. breasts are like fractals. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of are. Fractals? Yeah. My breasts or Alex's breasts? I, I, don't I haven't know. seen have Alex's to, breasts. When you so. look at my breasts closely, <laughs> you see smaller breasts and it just keeps going ad infinitum. Okay. <laughs> So the nipple is like the 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 calculus of your body. Yeah, you have the you have the um who is the guy that painted himself painting himself painting himself? Uh Norman, uh, Norman Rockwell? Rockwell. Yeah, you have the Norman Rockwell of boobs. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Norman old Norman Rockwell boobs Valudo. <laughs> um how about your least favorite uh cliche situation? Uh, me? I don't know. Someone else go first. Oh, I didn't tell you my favorite. I'll do that, and then I'll tell you my least favorite. Um, my most favorite is making out in movie theaters, because <laughs> that is unquestionably sexy. Being, like, sort of in public, so, like, you might get caught, but it's dark enough that no one notices. Just make sure that you actually are in the back row, and that there's not, like, a row of 13-year-old girls behind you during Twilight Part 5. Can I change mine to sweaty 80s romances, like in a music video? That's your favorite now? It might be. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you could. I guess you could change to that. Okay, my least favorite is really regionally specific. So, holla at my SUU peeps, and it's uh, hanging out in the Adams Theater after dark, and and quoting Shakespeare to each other. <laughs> we've all we've all done it. Uh, for those of you that haven't been to SUU, uh, the Adams Theater is an Elizabethan replica theater. Uh, for a time, it was the most accurate in the world. And it sits on the campus of my alma mater, and it was sort of a thing to go in there at night and sit there with your honey and quote Shakespeare or go ghost hunting or sit on the stage. And I knew like three couples that got engaged there and it kind of, it was done so often it became a cliche. And so by the end of college, it was kind of like, okay, the Adams, whatever. <laughs> so you said it used to be the most accurate. What happened? This sounds interesting. Wait, what, what used to be the most accurate? It used to be the most oh, accurate built, Elizabethan uh, theater. It might still be actually, it, it was the most accurate until they built it's either the Ashland one or the new globe in London is more accurate, 
but it's probably not the new globe in London because they accidentally built that one too big. Mm. Ha, suckers. suckers. I just like to think that there's this uh, authentic Elizabethan theater contest going around the world. And then are there people that have to like verify it? Yeah. Um, That'd be an interesting job. I think it was like it, it was featured in some documentary in like the late 80s. And because the, they wanted to do a documentary on Elizabethan theaters and it was the most accurate at the time. And then there have been a few built since that are a little bit closer. Also, it has bucket seats and Elizabethan theaters didn't have that. They just had a, a big pit that everybody stood in. So already huh. it, it's lost some points there. Interesting. Yeah. So how about you guys? Least favorites? Um, hmm. I'm at a loss. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's one I hate. I feel like it will come to all me of the me. dating rules. Kind of, uh, I don't hate them, but they're hard to do, and I'm hoping I'm not being judged on them yeah. all the time. Like sometimes I'm just like walking on the wrong side of a girl to like open the door, and so I look like a a jerk when I don't get to the door in time like I <laughs> or I just look silly because I'm like sprinting ahead of her to like get to the door first and then she's like on the wrong side so I like have to open the door and like all that stuff it just gets complicated so you're... and I feel like I'm playing chess the whole date like okay gotta stand on this side <laughs> of the person and I can only move up and to the left and it's just terrible Oh, gosh. It sounds like your least favorite is opening doors for ladies. Yeah, I don't mind. I open doors for everyone. But, like, if the person... It's happened to me so many times. I don't know if I'm, like, accidentally self-sabotaging myself. But, like, I'm, like, always on the wrong side of the person to, like, open the door for the girl. And so, like, <laughs> I have to run around <laughs> and then have to push her to the other side so like she's in the way like she can enter the door you should get one of those like you know those department store things like those claw handed arm extensions that they use to get stuff off shelves in department stores you should just have one of those and like spider-man the door open for her yeah that'd be useful Mm -hmm. (laughs) except or we could just say hey sometimes i'm not gonna be in the right spot (laughs) to like open the door you can start opening just let me know your door policy if you want it i'll do it it's not a big deal just let's get this door thing out of the way because i feel like i'm being judged a lot based on door opening (laughs) instead of like what kind of a person i am what's my personality (laughs) Uh, it's a lot a lot of dating has to do with doors and bowling Bowling. and mini golf yeah are you sure this isn't where you're self-sabotaging that you keep you keep going back to the pain of mini golf and bowling. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you should do like a weird date. Like, like go sit in the middle of Memory Grove at night and be like, can you hear those crickets? I'd like to sample their call for a piece of experimental music. Yeah. <laughs> what? And you both hum <laughs> atonal dissonance for like an hour. And, and sing Inuit breathing songs. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I'd just be balking all of these yeah. typical dating scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Before you marry someone, you have to go bowling <laughs> with them, it, it seems like. Like, 
I don't know. This probably does this come in handy? Just avoid in bowling. In no part in marriage <laughs> like, do you need bowling. I don't think I've ever yeah. bowled with both parents. I've only yeah. bowled with Ugh. my dad. I don't think I need to go bowling again. I think I can resist it. Oh, and yeah. I'll be fine. I thought the point of getting married was so you didn't have to bowl anymore. <laughs> there must be people out there like I really should have dated Margaret more because <laughs> she is not bowling well lately. Like just uh, under a hundred. Can you believe that? She under a hundred. She has such an awkward shoe size. They can never get the right ones for. Her. Uh, anyway what about tim do you have an idea yet or should we move on <laughs> move on some of the ones our listeners hated were uh high school prom was a cliche that they didn't like oh i agree with that uh someone said that dtr define the relationship talk was their least favorite relationship cliche what um, do you guys think about that i mean like i don't know if i kind of need to do that i feel like well, yeah depending depending on how you process things like, is and it how the they talk process that they don't <laughs> like I think so. Like, semaphore is probably a better way from, like, you know, two buildings. See, that just happens naturally, right? Like, when you define it as a thing, like, yeah. it sounds like you like you have to write it down on the calendar. Like, on May 8th, we're going to have the DTR discussion. Do you know what the most awkward one for me was? <laughs> mm-hmm. Was I took this girl that I'd been dating for a while to a comedy show, and one of the comics was like so who here is oh. <laughs> is a couple and like we both like looked at each other and like we both like i think i applauded first and then she did and it was just so weird <laughs> In that like, we had to I define had, I had that it too i was somewhere with a guy applauding. i'd been seeing for like a week <laughs> and it was going really well but still it had been like a week and we were holding hands and my friend goes are you guys together <laughs> And we like looked at each other. And we both started muttering things like, "Oh, it's kind of. We're just. We've been going out. We make out sometime. <laughs> it's been a. It's been a week. That's so silly. People need to just stop getting in each other's business about. But it's important. This is why we have Facebook stuff. Um. So now our, our other thing that I I pumped our listeners for, is their most and least favorite cliche pieces of advice. And what I promised our listeners is that we would go through a couple of these and tell them which ones are true and which ones are false. And the first one we we have on my little uh, paper here is a very, this is also a pretty regional cliche. It's something that Mormon dudes tend to say, which is you're wasting money on someone else's wife. False. I agree. False. I feel like that's really selfish to think that it only matters if you're spending money on someone you'll have long term. You, you can just be like, oh, you did a nice thing for a person. Oh, what's the alternative to that system, though? Like if there <laughs> existed any other alternative, like I'd be like if you could just invest, like have a monthly plan where you just invested it and you got free dates out of it, then you it's and eventually it would lead to marriage. I don't know. Like an, I, but that an would, IRA of dating. Yeah. <laughs> but that's basically what you're doing is you're just investing in this thing, in this uh, system of process of elimination that we all participate in that eventually leads to marriage. Like there's no other alternative that we've come up with. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, like the verity of this cliche totally depends on future events. So the only way you could know if it was true or not was time travel. And we haven't perfected that yet. So that's a completely balls cliche. Okay, how about this one? It will happen when you least expect it. 
Yeah, that one deals with fate, which I don't really... I, I don't know. So much of people's perception of romance has to deal with, like, just dumb luck that I I don't like accepting it. It might be true, but, like, people want to think that, like, fate has a lot to do with it, and I think it's mm. really more, like, your skill level at having a, a relationship with another person and communicating and being caring and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit true, but I think it's kind of... Be- I think it's true not because fate, but because I think when people finally... When you finally let go of the idea of, like, needing a relationship to be happy, you become a lot more comfortable with yourself, and that's a really attractive quality. And so often when people do just be like, eh, I don't expect it, then they find people that, like, love them for them. So I think it... I think it can be true in that regard. I like to like pretend like, oh, it, I I don't want it. And then maybe it will like blindside me. Yeah. You try to tempt, you try to tempt God with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably true though, Dory. Like when you are more relaxed and you don't, I think the thing should be, it'll happen when you just don't give an F about it. Yeah. That should be the cliche. <laughs> Cause when you don't care, like you're more relaxed and you're better able to be yourself and you're more comfortable, yep. and just because of those types of things, it'll happen, whatever. It, it will. Yeah. So it, it should be. It should happen when you're out of flying farts to give. Right. Which is which is what that F stands for, flying farts. Uh huh. The deadliest kind of farts. <laughs> uh, someone someone sent me this one as a joke, but I think we should discuss it. Don't marry your high school girlfriend. Um. Uh, they sent it to you as a joke because they did it right. They they did it, and they actually have a really happy marriage. And her, uh, the wife's sisters are have all married their high school sweethearts, and they're all in really satisfying relationships. <laughs> all right. So I I don't know. I think it's probably, I I think it's probably fine if you're both good people. I think it's not so much about what the situation determines as it is about what kind of people you are and just make sure that you have the maturity to grow into it. If you don't think you're going to get better as time goes on, then maybe don't do that. But otherwise do it, do what you want. I wonder if that system just might actually be like, it has some pros to it. You know, it might not be better than waiting, but like you're just mutually oblivious to what you want. And so you get together and that's the only person that you've known. So you don't have anything to compare it to and so you're fine with it yeah i i have this a similar rant about (laughs) why abstinence is perfect because two two virgins will always be satisfied with each other (laughs) yeah (laughs) because they they can't be dissatisfied with each other (laughs) that's not true but (laughs) but i mean they don't they can't critique each other in the same way so yeah they can well, not as the same way as an experienced person could. Well, that's true. They wouldn't com- they wouldn't be comparing that person to former lovers. They'd just be like finding their way <laughs> with with the business. Okay. I guess I could see that. Um, how about this is this is the other one that is ridiculous, but I, I think it's fun to discuss is love means never having to say you're sorry. Oh. Yeah, that one's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like if you call your wife a bitch or something like, oh i'm in love i don't have to apologize for that she gets it she gets yeah. it. yeah no that's, that's abusive behavior that you that's from a movie in the 1970s starring ryan o'neill and i love the end of uh what's up doc which also stars ryan o'neill and the last joke they make is 
uh, this this woman played by Barbara Streisand's been like running Ryan O'Neill through the ringer, and then the and she's like, "Love means never having to say you're sorry." And he looks at her and says, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." <laughs> I wonder how many. And then they make out. I wonder how many cliches abusers are using to get away with just bad behavior. Like, oh gosh, love means so never many. To having to say you're sorry. It'll happen when you least expect it. That's another. It sounds creepy. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> you just made it worse. I know. <laughs> That's why I don't Dark like Ellie-ish. them. Gonna get blindsided. <laughs> It'll happen when you least expect it. I'm pregnant. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, All I did was go to the gym. I, I hear a lot, like, to take a darker turn with this, there are, I think, cliches that abusers use. Like, uh, I've heard a, a lot about abusive husbands that'll say, like, we can make it work or, like, not everybody's marriage is perfect. And it's like, okay, maybe all marriages aren't perfect, but they also don't include, they also don't all include physical violence. So... Yeah. That's another danger of cliches in my mind is that you, they are used to justify poor behavior but yeah so they're not always true there's some cliches i think that uh that are true depending on context like there's a pinterest pin that goes around all every every full moon or so that says don't give up on something you can't go a day without thinking of (laughs) and i'm like that's good advice like for hygiene like, definitely don't give up on something. Definitely don't give up on, like, thinking about how you smell every day. Yeah, also, that's how you get diabetes, though. Like, if you... Yeah. I can't stop thinking about McGriddles, but I know, like, if I eat <laughs> if I eat too many McGriddles, I will end up with type 2 diabetes, so... Exactly. <laughs> it all depends on context. <laughs> so, Alex, this is the point in the show where we like to have our guests tell a story that's related to our theme or share a rant or a sappy poem or something. Um, so take it away, senor. A story related to cliches. Well, I tried, I tried to invent a cliche in one of my more recent stand-up bits <laughs> where the story was that, like, I think it was two weeks ago. It was a big milestone. I finally got enough Papa John's loyalty points to have a free pizza. So I ordered the pizza and the the girl that delivered it to me was like really cute. But then I realized like the first thing that she knows about me is that I eat so much pizza that I earned another pizza. Like that's the first <laughs> piece of knowledge that she knows about me. So I was too self-conscious to hit on her. But then after she left, like, I thought, like, well, she should also appreciate how how loyal I am to the franchise and that I could be that loyal to a person. <laughs> so that's that's a good point. So what was the cliche you invented? I wanted it. The cliche to be like, if you like true love is loving a person as much as you love pizza. And when a person makes you as happy as pizza makes me, I'm like, that's how you know you found the person you're supposed to be with. And then I try. I know some. I know someone on Twitter that identifies as pizza sexual. Yeah, maybe. So like, <laughs> that's gross. I don't. It's like a joke. I don't know if I take it that far. Just, just love pizza. Yeah. 
Like, like the love of pizza is like the modality of my love for you. So it's kind of like what you're describing. Yeah, exactly. There's songs, Italian songs about it. The most famous one is like when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. That's Amore. Oh, yeah. That's probably where Who's... it comes. That's Dean Martin saying it. I don't know who was the first one to write it. You know, I, I heard that song a lot as a kid for some reason. That's like you want to eat the moon pizza i here's what i thought because i'm a tragically literal person was like who's hitting each other in the face with pizza yeah <laughs> like are there it, it, is that a good comparison like are italian dudes just like socking each other in well, the wait, eye if with it's pizza? a big pizza and it hits you in the eye yeah part of it's gonna get in your mouth <laughs> that's not that's so like the odds are in your favor just shut your eyes and enjoy it <laughs> Oh no! That's not that's not a. This took a turn. That's a face full of tomato sauce. This took a turn for the dark. (laughs) (laughs) I like this idea of I like this idea of making up cliches, and I think I I think Tim and I should you you've invented a great one. The you should love someone as much as you love pizza. Uh, I think me and Tim should each invent one before we close this up. Um, and I I want to I'm I think I'm going to steal the one that we all came up with last time, which is, uh, love means never having to hide your farts. That's true. I remember legitimately feeling that way when I dated someone. Like, I really wanted her to fart in front of me, and she would never do it. <laughs> and it, 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 like, kind of legitimately made me mad. Like, on the outside, I was just kind of joking about it, but on the, on the inside. inside. I, I hear you. Like, that demonstrates a weird, a weird unwillingness to be vulnerable, I think. <laughs> I don't know if... A cliche is something that you can really pick. It kind of happens because it resonates with a lot of people. Cliches are the ways by which we find out we're part of the human race. So so what you're saying is if we want to make these cliches cliches, we have to start doing subliminal messages. You have to pay to get them out there. We got to like we got to like slip backwards messages into like pizza commercials. Yeah. And Coke commercials. Yeah. Also, another thing I want to be a thing that I noticed that happens to me, and I think it's just because my body's trying to sabotage me, (laughs) but, like, it's gotten to the point where I can tell how much I like a person by how much I have to fart in front of them. Right? Like, I know that, like, I'm like, whoa, I must really like this person (laughs) because I am am clenching really hard right now. This this has to be true love. (laughs) That's and That's I, like a trippy, yeah. but for emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like when people can tell the rainstorm is coming because their knee hurts or oh. something. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I want it to be a thing, like to the point where people break up because of it. Like, I just don't, I look. just don't feel gassy around you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the gas is gone. <laughs> you take care of me so good, but like, I just don't feel like. Some serious Farfignugan coming on when you're around. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's our show for the day. Uh, Alex, do you have anything coming up that you want to plug? Uh, no. Just follow me on my Twitter, which is just my name, Alex Veluto, V-E-L-L-U-T-O. Sweet. Follow him on Twitter. You can follow the committee on Twitter at JDRefcomLove. You can follow me and Tim on Twitter. Also, our things are on the website, so I'm not going to say them. Uh, I'll say mine. I I am at Cyber Mormon, and Dory is at Dory E. Peacock. So. Yeah, a middle name starts with an E. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Thanks it's so much. Evelyn! For, uh, it's not Evelyn. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Alex, for being here today. You've been great. Thank you. And here's our sign-offs. 
Signing off. Pizza sexuals of the world unite. All right, everybody, thanks again for joining us. And remember, we're not here to judge you, but we are here to bring the jello salad to your trial. Who calls me his own turtle dove, where I cook in the door.